Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Over the Boards podcast. Today is January 29th, and today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a couple different things in NHL action from over the break. The Sabres have fallen off a cliff, and uh, they had a couple fiascos with some anniversary jerseys. We'll get into that in a little bit. We're going to talk about the All-Star Game. We're going to talk about how Alex Ovechkin is way better than Duke thought he was. The Blue Jackets are good again, and how Gerard Gallant got fired for absolutely no reason, pretty much. Those are all things we're going to get into today on the Over the Boards podcast. So let's not waste any time. Let's go. Back to the Overboards podcast. Today we are um, sans Matthew Duke. And we have made a trade for John Scusa. John, welcome to another podcast. Your second in three days. Yes, I'm actually very excited to be on this one. I know a little bit more about NHL hockey than I do about college hockey, so this should be fun. I think that's true for everybody, so you're going to fit right in. Oh, perfect. Did you take French? Did I take French? Yes. No, I took Spanish. Good. <laughs> it's San, not Sans. <laughs> no, it's... I took French. It's, I'm gr- very proud of you, Jay, but... Yes. Three-time French student of the year over here. Wow, that's, that's what you're wildly you're in impressive. Eight. I'm gonna be honest. It's a class of five. I'm gonna be besides I, the point. Jay, I'm gonna be here's here's the, here's my here's my. I just want to tell you something, Jay. I know that you're not from Buffalo, so I just want to tell you how much I respect the French community over there in Cleveland. You guys are known for your exotic languages. Yes, we are. So put some respect All right. on the name of Cleveland. All right, so we are next week. We're going to be Sans Jay Ashdown. It's not Sans. <laughs> well, what is it it's then? It's San. You don't. San. You'll pronounce the S. You like almost never pronounce the S in French. Okay, what about the font? It's not French. It's English. And what about the font that you type in in Microsoft Word? That's Sans Serif. I don't know what font you're talking about. It's there's Serif and there's Sans Serif. Serif is has a little like notches at the top of the letters and the bottom. You know, like I. It has the like the notches, the classic like capital letter I that you write, and then sans serif doesn't have the notches, so a capital letter I would look like a lowercase L, and so on and so forth. Just use Times New Roman. Times New Roman is a serif font. Serif is a classification of fonts. Wow, he's really. I'm gonna sore. lose it on this kid. What, what are you talking about? I'm just... Nobody cares. Okay, look. When you scroll, there's only two acceptable fonts that you should ever use when writing in a document. Okay. Times New Roman yep. and Georgia. You're not going to use Comic Sans in a, in a in a document ever? Never. Never. Ever. That's good. I was, that was a test. I didn't know this was a Microsoft uh, Word uh, podcast. It is. It's literally on the dock. That's true. <laughs> this is the first topic we're going to talk about today. Yes, yeah, we're going to talk about... Uh, I did... I pronounced the word correctly, but Jay said incorrectly no, on purpose. Incorrect because San is French. I understand that. The word without. We're in Buffalo, New York, where you but speak you still English. Pronounce it corre- you're supposed to still pronounce it correctly. It doesn't just turn to English. It's not... Well, it is an English word. It's not just a French word. Yes, but French translation is without. So you're still going to pronounce it the French way. You don't walk around and saying hola when you're saying hello to people in Spanish. I'm not speaking. Buffalo, yeah, New York that's, right now. that's speaking Spanish. I'm not speaking French. But it's Sans a is Spanish an, word, so you're still supposed to pronounce it in the Spanish way. That's why That's why you say hola rather than saying hola. There's no, there's no English. There's no English hola. <laughs> that's not a word in English. 
Sans yes, is. is a Hello. word in English. Hello is yes, the word in it's English. a different word. It's a different word. Sans is a different word in English. That's how it works. It's without. So you pronounce without correctly because that's what it is in English. But when it comes to French, which is the word without is sans. So you're still supposed to pronounce it sans. Okay. Dictionary. Sans. P- pronunciation. S-A-N-Z. Sans. Without. It's a preposition. It comes from a Latin word that's in Old French. That's what it comes from. Preposition. Latin phrases. is sign. Old French is sans. Latin is absentia. So Middle English is sans. With an S, you pronounce the Z. All right. It's in the dictionary. All right, can we talk about NHL hockey? No. Why? I am upset today. Oh, my God. Shut up. Jay, you're wrong, dude. Nah. Dictionary's wrong. Let's just talk about how the Sabres have just fallen off of a cliff, like they normally do around this time of year. Rile Vinny up before he gets even more riled up. Yeah, exactly. There is a service. The Sabres are bad. The Sabres are bad. Yes, they are. They are sans goodness. (laughs) So that's, that, that doesn't the, even make sense. Where did that go? They are without goodness. They are without goodness. It sounds like a second grader said it. Well, you know, I mean, you sounded like a second grader when you didn't know the English dictionary and you thought I was speaking French. Uh, hey, I read know. on a fourth grade level, buddy, that's, so get on my level. It's more like a third grade, buddy. Hey, 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 according to Ohio. <laughs> every day you prove to me more and more you are from the great state of Ohio. Yes. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the, um, welcome home. Buffalo Sabers <laughs> lost five to two last night to the Ottawa Senators. They lost. They are also bad. They are also not very good. They won, I believe, one of their last eleven games before the power play, or not the power play, the All Star game, All Star break. Yeah, because they're bad. Because they're bad. Yeah. Then they came out of the All Star break and they had a game on Monday night, which they lost. Uh, but it was over. It was a shootout loss, I believe. And. Am I? I'm right on that, right? Yes, they lost yeah, to New Jersey four three in a shootout. That's what I thought. Okay, then they went on a Tuesday and they beat the Sabers three power play goals, which I previously mentioned. Two empty net goals bring them to five to two. One of the goals that they did score, the third one, was on the power play as well as there was a delayed penalty that was going to be called too. So um, the Sabers didn't really give up any five on five goals. Every goal they gave up was special teams, which is not a good look. The Michael Froelich trade does not seem to be panning out so far for the Sabres. Well, I mean. But it's only been like I mean, you only gave up games. Scandal, so you don't yeah, that's care. fair. Um, but it's a salary. Like, we just took on more salary, and, and that's a lot of fans are not happy. Well, Jason Botterill, one of the things that he w- used to be good at was salary cap management. And now we're in a terrible situation the salary cap. I mean, don't you have a ton of players coming up at the end of the year? Hmm? Not really. Pretty sure Froelich's contract's up at the end of the year, isn't it? But... Either way, like you'd think that, like if we were at least like in a little bit of a situation where <coughs> you could, you, you can't like add anybody. If you want to make a trade at the deadline, you have to remove. Well, people. if you're going to be making a trade at the deadline, anyways, with where you're at right now, it's going to be selling pieces. Right, but I mean, the idea is that with this team, this this roster right now should not be the third highest cap hit in the National Hockey League. No, it shouldn't. But I mean, you have to factor in that they did make some trades. Adding on some salary, like the uh, Matt Hunwick trade, you get Connor Sheary in it. So that's, that's what, $5.5 million right there yeah. that you're taking on in cap. Right. So you can acquire a good player. All you had to trade was, what, a fourth-round pick? That was um, a, I think it was a conditional third. But you take on Hunwick's 
terrible contract, even though it's, he's never really getting paid It was paid a conditional fourth-round pick. Okay. So that's a good trade because you get Connor Sherry um, yeah. out of it, and you're really only taking on Matt Hunwick. But you also think uh, taking on Froleek, I'm pretty sure his contract comes up at the end of the year. You know, uh, Evan Rodriguez is probably not going to be on this roster next year, if I had to guess. Zach Bogosian, you'd figure, is probably going to be traded at some point within the next couple of weeks for a bag of chips because of his contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking at their salary cap, you have eight forwards that are going to become other unrestricted or uh, restricted free agents. Can you name the forwards? Uh, Froelich, Reinhardt, Sheary, VC, Rodriguez, Gergensen, Larson, and... Curtis Lazard. Lazard. Lazard, If if Lazard doesn't get fined, people people throw a fit. He's played amazing. Yeah. Um, There was games where he's looked better. There was one game I forget who they were playing where he looked better than Eichel did. He he's kind of an interesting player. Yeah. He's been kind of like thrown around left and right between Ottawa and Calgary, but seemed to find his place here in Buffalo. So he he's been a pleasant surprise this season. But I mean to say that Jimmy VC has been underwhelming is a total understatement. Yeah, absolutely it has. So is Rodriguez. I mean, they've both been non-factors for the team this year. Not only have they been non-factors, they've been just major disappointments in just about every way you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you trade a third-round pick to get Jimmy VC. And you you don't trade just a third-round pick. You traded, to get him, you traded two third-round picks, technically. Because to get his rights, you, from Nashville, you traded them a third-round pick. He didn't sign. And he didn't sign, which you knew he wasn't going to sign because he told you he wanted to test the market and he wanted to play in New York City with the Rangers. And then he did that. You waste a third-round pick just to talk to him for a little little bit and then you give him free merchandise and then you have to trade another third-round pick to get him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. He will not be a Buffalo Sabre after this year. No, he will not. He'll probably be a New York Ranger again. And I don't want to see that because he's very Do you see Chris Dolman died? He's very underwhelming. He's very streaky. Like when he's on, he's on. But my God, when he's off, he's yeah looks lost out there. I've noticed that too. But when you think about like players who are like very streaky, he doesn't really fit the mold of a guy that I want to give money to. As far as like the streaky, like like I I, right. can, I can take you know Cam Atkinson at five and a half million dollars that I can't right. hit, knowing that he he might go fifteen games without scoring a goal, but the next fifteen games he's probably going to score ten. Right, exactly. And he's going to chip in 10 more assists, and he's still going to be consistently uh, creating scoring opportunities, whereas Jimmy Vesey can go 15 games without scoring a goal, and then the next 15 he'll score five. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you should give him big money. I'm just saying. Right, like, he's no, very but, like, under- I'd be worried even giving him three, four million dollars, yeah. quite, quite frankly, especially with the way that he's played this year. He's probably going to have to play himself on a one-year deal if we're being realistic here. A one-year yeah, prove-me-wrong would- deal? Yeah. He's probably looking at one year, two million. Probably. You're probably in the ballpark. And the, the my biggest problem with the Sabres is we understand that they're kind of a one-line team where you've got Eichel and Skinner and, and Reinhardt, but Victor Olofsson's been really good this year. So is Johansson. Yeah, I like Johansson too. I was going to bring him up. 
Johan Larson's put in some pretty good minutes sometimes this year. But that's really just about it offensively. And then for your defense, it's supposed to be one of the better defenses in the National Hockey League because Ristolainen is playing the best hockey. Yeah. Uh, he's probably played in his career. Yeah. He is in front of the net on the <clears throat> power play, though, which yeah. is confusing to me. But Darlene has struggled at times this year but is still very good. You add Colin Miller. I know that Zach Bogosian's kind of become a meme because of uh, some Instagram account online, but legitimately speaking, last year I thought he played the best hockey of his career with the Sabres. He hasn't been terrible this year. Who's this again? Bogosian. Okay, Bogosian. Yeah, I thought you were. I was. I wasn't <coughs> listening. I was looking at Twitter because I'm trying to make get ready to make my next <coughs> point. And yeah, Montour. You got McCabe. Montour so, needs to be so resigned. You you've got a very very good defensive core. Yet you suck on defensively. Paper, yeah, on paper we should you should have <clears throat> one of the deepest defenses in <clears throat> at least the Atlantic yes. Conference. Yeah, but I don't understand. Like McCabe was good; he was solid last year. This yeah. year he's awful. Yeah, I, I don't know if "awful" is the right word, but he's pretty <clears throat> bad. <clears throat> um, you have Darlene has had a pretty terrible year yeah. in for what you expect him to to be doing. He didn't really. It's his sophomore year, though, so, so right. I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a pass for it. Right, subjectively slow. speaking. Now, I I also forgot to mention Yoki Haru, who I think has been probably he's, one of yeah, the better he's, defensemen. I would the make Sabres the argument year. that he has the best defenseman on the Sabres roster this yes, year. Absolutely. In terms of just play. Yes, defensive he play. He's the best defenseman he, on the Sabres he's, roster. He's good at moving the puck. Offensively, he's been pretty good this year. Like there, there's yeah. a lot to like about him. I'd say that Alex Nylander trade. Was we a did steal. fleece them in that trade. Yes. And I just think it's funny because you throw out all these names, and they're good names, and they're good players, yet this team sucks. They suck. Yeah. Why? Is it, is it the coaches bad again? I Do the players not care? I don't what think is it? I don't think it's the coach's problem. I don't know. I, I Well, that's the problem. I don't think anybody knows why... You're so bad. I mean, you could. I mean, maybe you could make the argument like, well, all right, you paid Skinner nine million dollars and he's not producing. Well, he's also not playing he's with still, Eichel anymore. Yeah, he's not playing with Eichel. I still think he's getting you some scoring opportunities. Right, he's, he's, he's not cre- finishing, but he's not. <clears throat> but he doesn't have anybody. Like, who is he playing with? Who's our second line center? Johan Larson. Of, yeah, as of right now, it's probably Larson. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Dude. That's, That's terrible. awful. I mean, you're playing Zemgis Gergensens on your top line with Reinhardt and Eichel. The whole point, when we drafted Reinhardt, we drafted him as a center. Yeah. And I, and I like him at the right wing. Yeah, me too. And he plays well with Eichel. Yeah. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. how separating them would go. But, I mean, if you want to, like, would Reinhardt be a good second-line center? And then you play Johansson is also, like, he. we put him on center for a while. He's not a good center. He's a winger. Yeah, he's a He nice always plays winger. better as a winger. Put him with a like a legitimate center, and Johansson will go back to scoring again. I almost think they should break him up. But what but what happens when you break him up? Does that just does it just fix everything? Right. Well, I, you your know, your problems I don't know. are bigger than that. It's, it, absolutely, it is. Our, a, our goaltending has been terribly inconsistent. Carter Hutton hasn't won a game Carter since Hutton October. Has been terrible. Since mm-hmm. October. Yes. I mean, Lena Solmark hurt. Now he's hurt. Hurt. But he and was when he not was playing, bad. He had some good games. And some sometimes tough games. he wasn't getting some goal support. Yeah. Sometimes he, he just wasn't playing. I well. don't it, know it, what the problem is. I really don't. One of the things though is um, 
I feel like the so the the fan base is not happy right now with the Pagulas. No. Um, and I think they're just trying to find. I think they're just trying to find somebody to be mad at. I somebody think to be mad term. at because you can't be mad at the coach because right. it's his first he's year. First year, you don't and know exactly everybody what you loved have. him immediately, and he seems like he's not doing a bad job. I don't think he's doing a terrible job. No, I mean, he can't be mad. Do you remember? With? Do you remember when we were? Oh, I don't know if it was this year or last year. People were blaming Eichel for not scoring enough. Yes. Guess yes, what? Yeah. He's on pace for over a hundred points now. I don't know what yes. else you want him to do. The, he's the only one like, that is producing. I mean, you can complain about Delhi not having a great year, but he's also 19 years old. I mean, you can complain about Skinner not scoring more, but then that's a then you have to start blaming the coach because he's not on the right line. He's not on the right pairing. We don't have a lot of talent up front. I mean, top six forwards right now, the best six forwards on the team are obviously Eichel, then Skinner, then Reinhardt, and then Johansson, and then... Olsen. Well, but he's, he's hurt. hurt. He's right. You know? I mean, wh- <laughs> so who's, next? who's next, man? <laughs> At this point, I don't even know. Oh, would it be Lazar? I, but, I mean, I mean skill. Yeah. I mean, you think, yeah. like. Skill-wise? Like, skill-wise, like, I, yeah, it's probably Connor Sheary. Yeah. Which you, you he, think isn't bad, uh, but. He's a good player. He can't be your fifth best forward. Yeah, I don't know. Can't. You know, I don't know. But I mean, like, look at other. Yeah, I mean, you so like look at other teams, <coughs> like the 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 Capitals. Who's their fifth best forward? Right, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. Other top three. Probably Jake Verana. Who's is he? Is he better than Shiri? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's significantly better. than But Cuts. so so like okay, so maybe that's a bad example because they're leading the Metropolitan right now. Yeah. So like that's a bad example. Well, but, take okay, what about the take, Bruins? Take, let's take the Blue Jackets. Oh, they're Jackers. also really really good. I let's shouldn't talk, have let's take the Blue Jackets. Yes, yeah. Good okay, point. so you got Dubois. Yep. You've got Gus Nyquist. Yep. You got Cam Atkinson. Yep. Now this is in no particular order. That's, yeah. Uh, that's your top. Felino. Felino has been terrible this year. Okay. Would you still say he's one of your top five most skilled forwards? Or no? Probably not. Okay. So now you um, have... Is he a still a good hockey player? Yeah. Yeah, he is. And he's had a bad year. But where do you... <coughs> I would rather have as, Nick Felino than... As far as skill, I'd say right now probably the fifth best forward on the Blue Jackets is probably Oliver Bjorkstrand. Okay. I was just about to say that. And now if I'm going to pick between Oliver Bjorkstrand <coughs> and... Connor Sheary. I'm gonna pick Bjorkstrand. That's a little bit of a tougher decision then. It's a tougher so decision. So the it's Sabres closer, necessarily but... are not <coughs> too far off par with another team that's good. And another team that's in the play who by the way has a ton of injuries and lost just about everybody in the offseason, but that's another conversation for about twenty minutes from now. <coughs> yeah, that's a good point. But this is a classic case. Like, when we, just, just comparing the Blue Jackets and the Sabres real quick. Yeah. The Blue Jackets aren't that much better on paper. Jack Eichel is better than any forward the Blue Jackets have. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say Sam Reinhardt is right on par with Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's fair. I would say Jeff Skinner is right on par, if not a little bit better than Pierre-Luc Dubois. As of right now, I think Dubois got a lot of potential, but statistically yeah. speaking, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Skinner's a better player. So you got a top line that's better than any forward the Columbus Blue Jackets have. You got a defense on paper that's just about as talented as the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. 
So what gives? Because right now the Columbus Blue Jackets have had probably the most injuries in the National Hockey League. They lost just about everybody in the offseason. They had no expectations coming into this season. And right now they're in the first wildcard spot. Let's. I, 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 dude, I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. I really don't. Carter Hutton's been playing in this league since 2012. Lena Solmark's been in this league for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jackets goaltending tandem is Jonas Corpusell, who, by the way, is hurt, and Elvis Merzlikens, who's on fire right now. Who's on fire? But Elvis Merzlikens is a rookie. Right now, their backup is Matisse Kavlenix. Do you know where he's from? Latvia? Yes. I just wanted to throw that in because we have two Latvian goalies, and I think that's really cool. That's pretty neat. But Zemgis Gergensen's but I mean, they're, Do you remember? They're winning games. Did you, watch the, did you watch the Olympics when Zemgis Gergensen's was on the Latvian yeah. roster and they almost beat Canada? Yeah. That was Christos unreal. Dude, I was saves. so into I was that so game. Hyped. Yeah. I, I've, I'm a big, I'm a patriotic guy, and I love watching the Olympics and rooting for the American people. Yes. But I don't think I've ever rooted against Canada more than when they were playing Latvia in that game. That was that was such a great game. Um, oh, I, I have know, a I, tweet here from uh, Dmitry Filipovich, who I showed I showed you this earlier. I think it's a really funny tweet, but it also captivates exactly just how bad this is. Buffalo Sabers and Jack Eichel's rookie season. 81 points. Oh, I saw that today. Negative 21 gold differential. Mm. 23rd in the league. Buffalo Sabres pace this season, five years later. 83 points. A negative 16 gold differential. 23rd in the league. He said at the end of it, jokingly, but legitimately speaking, at this rate of improvement, they're only 40 years away from finally making some noise. I saw that tweet as well. I saw it actually just before we started report, uh, recording this podcast. Um, In five years, that's the improvement. Yeah, and and uh, I I don't even know what to to begin to. A lot of people like, but I mentioned they're they're mad at ownership now. The Sabres, the Sabres fans have kind of turned their attention there, and not not for the wrong reasons. They yes. but they're but I think the mad the the anger is a little more um, exaggerated. Here's here's the here's exactly. the I want to explain to you guys the PR nightmare. I don't know if you guys have heard about this um, mm-hmm. with the Sabres. Um, they've had a really bad PR debacle this year. They did not order enough authentic 50th jerseys to sell to fans. Okay. 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 So that was uh, one problem. So now I have two of the non-authentic ones, which is kind of aggravating. They did not place an order in time to the to Adidas, the company, mm-hmm. to get throwback jerseys to wear on 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s night. So they did not have jerseys in time to wear, not even in warm-ups. Whereas the Vancouver Canucks, who are also celebrating their 50th, have are wearing four different jerseys this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. They wanted the jerseys for warm-ups when they played the Sabres. Right. Well, they wore them in the game. 
Yeah, well, the I'm talking version. about like the actual like uh, the V ones. Yeah, yeah, but the, they wore like the different variation. Yeah, which were really cool. Yeah, but they so, had another game where they wore like the like the V. Yes, from like the '80s, like those right. really ugly ones. Yes, that are actually, yeah. like, the ugly ones, yeah. ones that are. Like, they wore those. In, they couldn't wear them in the game. They wore them in warm ups. Yeah. So yeah. you can do that. Yes. The Sabres have done it before. The Sabres, when Danny Briere played for, for I forget who they were playing against. That might have been the Rangers, t- to be blatant with you. Um, they came out in their um, their vintage, the white jerseys with the royal blue. Uh, not the royal blue, actual main color jersey, but right. the like Buffalo the in the center. Yeah, the 70s-esque right. white with the gold. Like, they, they've done it before, and it was a surprise to the fans. There is still hope, February 13th. It's a Thursday. It's 2009. I'm going to be at the game. I'm hoping, please, Lord, that they surprise the fans with Goathead jerseys. Even the slug jersey. I don't even care. Just wear something different, right? Yes. Yeah. If you come out and you're – because they're not wearing the 50th anniversary jerseys for that game. I don't think, at least. So maybe they are. Probably will because – But, but well, they not. didn't wear them for the 90s night, though. Hmm. 90s night, they weren't supposed to wear their 50th jerseys. And, be, and so, like, a couple people were assuming they were going to wear Goathead jerseys, and they just didn't. But so they didn't order that in time, and then they they spelled alumni names incorrectly during those themed nights. Dave Anderchuk's name was spelled incorrectly, and Mike Robitaille's name was spelled incorrectly publicly. There's other ones that might not have been confirmed yet. But then um, the they raised concession prices. This this one guy on Twitter, I'm reading off his list. He says the boring yawn of a saber store. I think the saber store looks nice now. Yeah, they do. So oh, yeah, I'm exactly going to disagree good. with his point there. But then I also will point out that the homemade, so the Sabres organization actually for the alumni made their own throwback jerseys, and they were awful. They weren't really close to being authentic, which is fine because they weren't. But the logo was off center on the goat head jerseys. It was like up and to the left, and the goat head was like looking off into the sunset away, instead of looking down and forward like an aggressive buffalo themed logo that it's supposed to be. So, uh, on top of all these things, and on top of the lack, the Sabres' lack of success, um, not thrilled with. Um, and just, uh, people are uh, very angry at the Pagulas. How and I, there's a lot of people on, a lot of people on Twitter that are calling for, and on Facebook too, especially Facebook. They're calling for Tom Gall. They were calling for the Pagulas to sell the team, and um, to they they missed Tom Galisano, who was super cheap, and really everybody hated him. So that's kind of a, a hypocritical uh, yeah, that's a thing hypocr- to want. But um, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with the Sabres. I mean, I feel like we've, we've exhausted all conversation of sh- solutions. The only thing I could see happening is just, like, you, you say make a trade. Well, how you you got to trade somebody for somebody. Like, do you get to the point where you trade an actual good player or a good pick? Do you trade your first round pick for a depth? No. Four? No, like you can't do that. No, you, no, you can't. But you, it's this same system over and over again. Is okay. Well, we got a good pick in this year's draft, so let's draft somebody good, and then you don't, 
and you draft somebody, whatever, like Casey Middlestad, who's in the AHL and not even really doing that great. And then, and then you make a trade of Ryan O'Reilly because that's your big splash trade and then right. you trade him for a first-round pick, right. which you eventually used to get Montour, which is nice, but yeah. you know the other player that you got in the package is Tage Thompson who's yeah. doing nothing. Well, he's he's been hurt for a while. He got pulled, He got called up. For, he was dominated. He, what I will say about Tage Thompson, and I, I've continued to defend him um, – because at the AHL level, he dominates games. Mm-hmm. He have seen players do that before. He dominates at the AHL level. He got called up for one <coughs> game the NHL, played the second period, and got hurt. He broke his, he broke his shoulder pretty much. Yes. So he hasn't really had the chance this year to show anything at the NHL level. Yes. So with him not up here, I can't really say anything about him much because he was playing well at the AHL level. But Casey Middlestad is not even doing as well as Thompson was. So there's still time with him. But, but then, of course, you, you lose... I mean, Patrick Berglund hated being here, so he like quit. I mean, yeah, but that was okay because his contract yes, was terrible. That was fine. That was but, fine. But you, you lost out so on that one. That was that was great. And then you get Sabotka who like Stinks. is terrible. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't really you obviously lost that trade. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that and, was and, and some, that Sabotka was Sabotka will leave so he'll be off your books. So right. You, you, you're okay with that. But, it is, but like, legitimately speaking, if the two pieces that you get in that trade are just simply Tage Thompson and, I guess, Brandon Montour, because he's yeah. the, the first-round pick that you got in that trade wasn't the only thing you traded to Anaheim. Right, Montour. exactly. So that's a really weak you know, return for a guy who, by the way, just won a Stanley Cup Yeah, and is playing the best hockey of his career. His career, right. In a career that's been pretty pretty good, his career's been pretty good to him. Yeah, he's had some good seasons. He's won some awards. Recognized as one of the better two way players in the National Hockey League. You traded that guy, and you're going to get Tage Thompson and uh, Brandon Montour in return. That's yeah. pretty weak. It is. It really is. Um, but like my problem with people complaining about ownership, and I and I understand the complaints about it. Um, if you want more attention being put into a team, I totally get that. That's frustrating. But the Pagula is putting their energy into the Sabres. Does that really make them that much better? Is that really the problem with the Sabres right now? No, it's not. Now, I will say maybe the, the Pagulas are owners. What really should an owner be doing for a, a sports team? They should be staying hands-off. Yes. I think the, the Pagulas are too involved. But everybody's complaining that they're not involved. No, 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 no. Everybody's complaining that they're involved and they're doing everything wrong. They're complaining that the Pagulas in, you know, it's their fault that they didn't do everything correctly for this throwback season thing. Now, now That's let a legitimate me. legitimate complaint, but let, as far now, as let, operations. Let me continue. Hold on. Let me continue. I have something else. Okay. Okay. Hold on. He has something else, but we gotta hang out. I have. Hold on. (coughs) Where's the drum roll effect when we? I have. Okay. So. I would. The Pagula Sports and Entertainment, which is a company that's obviously owned and run by Carrington Pagula. Right. Right. Currently owns the Buffalo Sabers, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bandits. And the Rochester Nighthawks. So they own. Um, 
They own four major sports teams. So they own the Bandits and the Nighthawks, you said? They own the Bandits and the Nighthawks. So they, so they own basically three, four, yeah, four major sports teams. Four major sports teams. And three major, and three major sports. Yes. I think they have too much on their plate. Um, I think she Kim Pagula is <laughs> she's the president and CEO of Pagula Sports Entertainment. She's the president of the Buffalo Bills and the president of the Buffalo Sabers. So the president is more involved than the owner is, but she's the same person. She has two teams on her plate of being just the just the 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 president and then in d- addition to those two teams she's the owner and then she's also an owner of two other teams. I think that they are they, I think that the Pagulas have too much on their plate. Right. So that's my argument for why the Sabres are not succeeding because Oh, they also own the Rochester Americans. Yeah. So, which is pretty much the Sabres. I mean, you can't really, you know. But in, uh, I mean, they are just, I think it's really, I think that's a problem. I think they own too much. So that's my, that's going to be my point. And we can move on from the Sabres at that because we've, we're getting frustrated yeah, we've just talking about all this. Kind of exhausted this time. Real we've quick, I would like course. to interject that Meghan Markle's dad has challenged Prince Harry to a duel. What? Yep. What, what kind of a duel? Um, uh, by pa- so Barstool tweeted this, and then Page Page Six <laughs> tweeted this first. No, no, it's actual real. I, I clicked on it. I I saw the headline, and I was Barstool. I was like, what? Like, okay. Oh. Meghan Markle's estranged dad on Monday challenged Prince Harry to man up and finally meet him, saying he would be happy to duel with his candy ass and whipped royal son-in-law. Wow. Okay. What kind of a duel are we talking about? Are we talking like like 18th century? I don't know. Stand back to back, walk okay. ten, and then turn around and fire at each other. Or are we okay. talking like All right. a wild, Here's, wild uh, west? Listen to this. I'll, I'll keep going. Man up and fly down and see me, Thomas Markle, 75, told Good Morning Britain during a series of extraordinary interviews he hopes will reach the royal couple after their embarrass- embarrassing Megxit. I'd be happy to duel with Harry anytime, Markle also told the Sun newspaper from his home in Mexico. The way he's been acting, I think he'd crouch on the ground before he gets to 10 steps. He's a candy ass. He's whipped. So he actually wants to duel him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I wait. So ten steps. Yeah. Wait. So like, what I said as a joke is actually, actually what he's he talking wants to do. About. He's talking about a duel where you stand in the middle with your back to back, walk ten steps, turn around, draw, and fire. Absolutely. Could you imagine could, doing those in like the 1700s with like those stupid guns that have like oh no accuracy? God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine misfiring? You're like, yeah. I guess well, there goes my one bullet. <laughs> could you imagine dying and then not having any repercussions because you dueled somebody? Um, wow. It's incredible. So so Alex Ovechkin is uh, probably going to score more than 42 goals. So uh, Duke, you're an idiot. <laughs> Duke's losing that bet. Did you guys also, real quick, <laughs> speak, this is actually a hockey thing. Um, so is Ovechkin. Yeah, but yeah. I just this is we're not going to talk about this for a le- lesser amount of time then. Um, do you do you follow the NHL Chirps Twitter account? No. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to send you this real quick then. Um, I don't know. You might have already seen it. So Connor McDavid's doing an autograph session, and this kid um, comes up to get his jersey signed, and McDavid signs like a hockey card mm-hmm. um, instead of his jersey. So the kid throws his jersey in the water. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Um, Yo, yeah. I, I mean, I, the event said cards only. Right, so... So why is he throwing his jersey in the Why is he throwing water? his jersey in the water? And is that his dad that's right next to him? I don't know. I mean, the guy, like, walks away, so it's probably not his dad, or maybe it is. No, I think it's one of the officials. Yeah. That's What is it with Edmonton stupid. fans throwing their jerseys all the time? Like, they're, stop. No, they're, stop. Very, they're a very whiny fan base. They really are. I don't really know. weird. Well, I mean, they should be whiny. I mean, they've had like a million first overall picks in the last decade, and they haven't done anything with them. And yeah. they have zero Stanley Cups to prove all of that. You know? we'll forget yeah. about Stanley Cups for a second. They've had one playoff appearance. Yeah, but exactly. That's the, that's the alarming thing. <laughs> Anybody can go a decade without winning a Stanley Cup. When you make one playoff appearance with the uh, riches you've been gifted by the National Hockey League, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the alarming thing for me. Um. So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, also, before we get into the Ovechkin thing, um, I heard a rumor. Well, I didn't hear a rumor. I saw it on Facebook and social media <laughs> that uh, EMS teams from the Alka Creek Fire Department were called to uh, UB because somebody who recently got back from China was having trouble breathing. Oh, no. And uh, they refused. The person signed off, or Twin Cities signed off, which means that they refused transportation or treatment to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So the person's not at the hospital, probably, and uh, they just got back from China and were having trouble breathing. Coronavirus. Uh, yay. Now, they're talking. There is talk just of put a lime in it, declaring man. an international emergency. Put a lime which in it. Would mean, turn it upside down. Which would mean, around a little which bit. Would mean that school would be closed. Really? Yes. Wow. I believe that's how an international emergency would work. It is, but... I just got back from China. He's having trouble. He, what, if, what, if, what if he just doesn't have anything? Well, that's fine, but I also... What if he just needed some Vicks? I don't like, know, man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you what I know. There's no more information, like because the 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 paramedics Let's get back left. To hockey. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't want to die, man. Okay. We'll you be can... fine. We survived how many like disease outbreaks that have come come and gone? Ebola. Yeah, I do Ebola, remember Ebola. Swine flu. But Ebola wasn't bad as this coronavirus. I thought Ebola was worse. Yeah, I thought Ebola was worse. No, this coronavirus is worse than Ebola. Apparently. <laughs> come on, we all know Corona's the best. Okay. Just gotta put a lime in it, duh. Put a lime in it, and you're good to go. Corona yeah. tastes terrible. Without the lime, yes. Stop. Yeah, I, I you're off the pod. I can't stand Corona. You're off the pod. Of course, I've only had it in Canada, but maybe American Corona is better. I mean, I just assume Mexican Corona is probably the best. <laughs> it's like the levels of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the <laughs> yeah, order Yeah, it's too of the far away from so you Mexico. Got Canada, and then you got the United States, and then you got Mexico. You yeah. know, like, like that's the. And that's the best. The closer you get to Mexico, the better. That's all right. I'll, I'll we'll go with that. All right. And so, you, Cleveland is farther south. Fired. Yes, he did get fired. You want to talk about Ovechkin first or no? I mean, I already did. He's, he's on pace for more than forty-two goals. I yeah, I think there's much true. we can go. I wanted to ask you: that. Do you think he's going to get uh, Gretzky's goal record? No. Yes. So why, Scoots? Why do you say no? 
Um, well, I was doing the math and I was thinking this all out. So he's at what? What's what's he currently at right now? Six hundred and six ninety three. Six ninety three, and uh, and Gretzky's record is what? It was it was just there. Yeah. It, he deleted it. It's like you can just undo it. Eight ninety four. Eight ninety four. Okay, hang on. So he is. Well, the math says that it's uh, two hundred and one goals. So he's right two hundred and one goals behind Gretzky. And he is 34. 34. I mean, he'd have to, for him to catch Gretzky, he'd have to, he'd have to put up, um, say he doesn't score any more goals the rest of this year. Okay, so that's weird. I just got an ad for the coronavirus on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, I, I just... I mean, he'd have to play. I <coughs> uh, say he doesn't score any more goals this this year. He'd have to play eight more years and average twenty five goals a, a year to catch that. You're okay. assuming he doesn't score another goal this year. I'm just just <coughs> playing off that hypothetical. I'm yeah. If if, if I, we're, I, I would have to assume Alex Ovechkin, who has got thirty four goals this year, will score another. So here's what I'm going off of. I projected at the beginning of the year that he was going to get to fifty. Right now he's at 34. Yeah. It is very realistic with having played, what was it, 49 games in the year. So that means he's got 33 games left. He can score 16 goals. Yeah. That puts him at 50. Right. Okay. That puts you 185 goals away from Wayne Gretzky. Okay. He'll be 35 next season. Right. Could he play until he's 40? Yes. Those Russian players are really crazy. They'll play yes. till the four. Well, especially with his game style. I mean, yeah. it's not, he, he's never really been predicated on his athleticism and his speed or anything like that. It's right. It's been on a shot. So <laughs> if you take the math of that and you can say that he's going to play another five seasons, he has to average 37 goals a season. And I would project the next two seasons he's probably going to meet towards the uh, 40s, 50s kind of level still. Okay, I understand. So after that, so let's say 185. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say in the next two seasons after this, mm-hmm. he scores combined 90. Okay. That's 45 a season. Right. I don't think that's unrealistic. That's not unrealistic. 95 is how many he'd have to get to Gretzky. In those three seasons he has left, he'd only have to score 31 goals a year. So he'd be 37 by the time <coughs> these two hypothetically. Hypothetically. Could he score 31? Or, <clears throat> or... With 95, even if he, like, let's say he falls off and he's only, like, uh, only good for 20, 25 goals a year. Mm-hmm. Could he play Could he play another season after that? I think he could. He'd only have to average 23, uh, 24 goals a season at that point. Yeah, I mean. It all depends on the longevity. Here's the thing that I think it's very realistic he could for two things. The consistency mm-hmm. in his game, mm-hmm. uh, what his game is predicated on. But the most important thing is health. Yeah. Uh, this is assuming he plays 82 games a season like he has for most of his career. Right. And he think, who knows, maybe he gets hurt. That's right. the one thing that is is the biggest argument that I will absolutely uh, listen to and accept because I think that's very legitimate. Listen. If you miss 20 games, 
that could really, right. really, that could really now, screw you up. Ovechkin needs to average 36.2 goals over the next five years. Yes. Okay. But I'm assuming he's, if he's probably going to stay at the same he was at six. He was at 692 goals as of January 21st. He's at 693 now. Yes. So mm. now he's probably at 36 goals over the next five years. This is assuming he plays until he plays a 20-year NHL career, right? Which I think he could do. Yes. So he, all right. So here's he's got you know 200. We already mentioned 202 goals. Right. Assuming he finishes with 56 goals this year, which is the pace he was on on January 21st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would start next season 180 goals shy of Gretzky's mark. Meaning he'd need to average 36.2 goals over the next five seasons to break the record in year 20, which is the same number of years Gretzky played. So that's after this season, assuming he scores 56 goals. Not to mention, if he plays the same amount of seasons as Wayne Gretzky, there's the the graphic that said goals per game. Uh, Gretzky was .6 goals a game. Yeah. Ovechkin's .61. So Uh, not much more. No. It's very close. Yes. Right. Which it, it could slightly dip to that. Same area, but they're they're right. right neck and neck. They are right. You so just, Ovechkin I, I just can't fall off that much. He can't fall off. He can't get hurt. And regardless, I think he he might have to play another se- one more season than Gretzky. Yeah. But I think if you, you take those things, which are, are very realistic, uh, he could break the record. But it is also very realistic that maybe he does get hurt, or maybe he, he maybe, maybe he falls off a cliff. I mean, we don't know. Because, right, like, time's undefeated. Yes. Could he have two more great seasons the way that he has and then Dip. the game? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the other thing. Father Time's Ovechkin up. will turn 38. He's never lost. No. Ovechkin will turn 38 four seasons from now. Yeah. Okay. By comparison, Gretzky retired after his age 38 compa- campaign mm-hmm. and didn't score more than 25 goals in any of his final five seasons. Well, he was more. He was also, he was more of a, he was also Canadian and not Russian. Well, he's also more of a playmaker, anyways, than a goal scorer. Yeah. So yeah. Gretzky was a sniper who possessed one of the most accurate slap shots the world has ever seen. While Ovechkin is a volume shooter and the best power play goal scorer of all time. Exactly. Yes. Gretzky has 894 goals on 5,088 shots, 17.6 shooting percentage. He's got 204 power play goals. Ovechkin has 692 goals on 5,458 shots, which is a 12.7% shooting percentage, with 258 power play goals. Um, so, uh, but a lot of people like think that Ovechkin can play. F- so, but yeah, like if he scores 56 goals this year, let's say next year he scores 49. Well, that's 13 goals above the 36-goal average that he needs to get to. Yeah. Right. So then in the years after that, he only needs to score 30. Mm-hmm. So then let's say he gets 34 the year after that. Then he's got two years left where his average goal is like 28. So maybe in his last, you know, maybe in the one season, he scores 25. And then the next season, he scores 30. And then boom, he's tied or broken the record, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think it's definitely possible. It's very possible. Because I don't think. It's just think the number one factor is I, health. Yeah. Yes, you're so absolutely right. My two big arguments are. F- Health and father time. Yeah. Because we watched, you know, guys go, oh, my God, they could really do it. And then they just, in any but sport, it, they just it, fall it, off it the face. But, but, but he hasn't, but Ovechkin is a different animal. That, that's that's part of my argument is he's a different animal. And, and, it, and he has like, time. He's not, you'd think that you'd see a little bit of decline in him. You'd think. Now. now but he's, he's on pace for 56 goals. 
also his his game style, his play style has changed in the last couple of years. Right. Not so much as far as offensively speaking. Yeah. But overall, he's not as physical as he used to be. He's taking better care of his body. Yeah. Uh, so if no. that continues, is that part of maybe why his prime has been extended? Right. And, and now, is these does this include uh, playoff goals? No. No. Regular season. So. You know that you can. You could then say, "All right, well, since that doesn't matter too, it doesn't necessarily matter if his teams aren't even. You know, in five years, I don't know how good the Washington Capitals are going to be. Right. So, that might have a factor on it too. Is how good right. are the line mates he's playing with? Well, I mean, they already locked up Backstrom though, so I mean, you're going to have him for the next six years. Well, how, does Backstrom does Backstrom fall off too? I mean, it's hard to fall off from being a good passer. That's true, but you got to have a certain amount of speed. Well, but yeah, but most of it's play. That's power play units, though. Yeah, that's true. All right, but, that, so we don't. His office is the corner, and it's passing it out to Ovechkin. So I don't really think that that's going to be a, much of a fall off. All right, fair enough. So Ovechkin's probably gonna. I would. So I think he's gonna break the record. I think he's gonna get ahead of it over the next two years, and then be fine. Unless he gets hurt, which he did just miss one game because of the All-Star. He got suspended because he didn't go to the All-Star game. Um, Ovechkin has only missed 29 games in his NHL career. Yeah. All 29 of them for, were for missing All-Star games. <laughs> yeah. It says like nine, 9% of that have been, has been from missing All-Star games or something like that. That's insane. <laughs> Or he's only been suspended for a certain amount of games, and those suspensions, nine percent of them are from, yeah. Drago Lang got fired. Yeah. That Why? Was dumb. Seventeen of his one thousand one hundred sixty-four games have I been because of injury. Honest. I just wanted. I just saw that. I'm sorry. Only seventeen games he's missed because of an injury. Wow. Still can't believe he got fired. <laughs> yeah, neither can I. Um, so. Pete, so Pete, stupid. Pete DeBoer is in stupid. as the the Vegas head coach now. Why? Because Why? I don't understand. It was such a quick turnaround, it's too. so stupid. You know, when you're three points out of being first in your division, just fire your coach. Yeah, just fire your coach. Trade if, your if coach. I were the, if I were the Vegas Golden Knights and I was you know, three points out of first place, I would simply just fire my coach. Really? I would simply just get three more points and then fire my coach. <laughs> yeah. This is stupid. I, 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 what what standards are you creating in Vegas by doing that? You're a new franchise. You've made why. the playoffs twice. You made the Stanley Cup Finals your first year. So the guy who's done that as your head coach, who's allowed the team to play very freely because they've got Marc-Andre Fleury in that He's one of the. He's regarded as one of the better coaches in the National Hockey League because, tactically speaking, uh, his system works, mm-hmm. and players love the guy. But we're three points out of first place in our division, and we believe yeah. on paper we're better than that. So let's fire our coach. Every te- every hockey team goes through slumps. Like seriously, I, I, I yeah, I, I can't, I can't like okay, like if you're ten points out of a playoff spot, all right, fine, fine. You you are three points out of first place in your division, where at the time the number one team was the Arizona Coyotes, who, by the way, have ha- have been hit 
again in net with injuries. So you know they're going to fall off a little bit, and they have, because now they're in the number one wild card spot. They're no longer first in their division. Right. Uh, <coughs> uh, yeah. I, so the, the Golden Knights, since the 15th, when he was fired, <coughs> so they lost to the Sabres on the 14th, yes. which was part of a four, that was the fourth game in a losing skid. They lost four games in a row. Boom, Gerard's gone. On the 16th, they beat the Senators. Whoop de doo. That's like beating a Pee Wee hockey team. Then they lost in a shootout to the Canadians. They lost. By the way, aren't very good. And then they lost. So they've only played three games, but then they lost to the Bruins. So they have. So firing your coach. Three points. Three points in six games. And you know what? And you know what? They're still sitting three points out of first place. Yeah. Now, again, there's not really a huge sample size there. Yeah, there's not a huge sample size, but it's stupid. It is stupid. Could you have gotten three points in six games with Gerard Gallant? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Without yep. having to fire him and pay him money yep. and then pay money for a new coach who, by the way, isn't as good as Gerard Gallant. Yeah. Who's been fired how many times in the last couple of years? He was hired in 2015, so yeah, not I mean, that like bad. It, and Pete DeBoer is a good coach. Yeah. And the Gerard Sharks, the Sharks, a have, been a, coach. The Sharks yeah. have been a playoff team for the past five years. Yeah. For well, I mean, they've been a playoff team for the last 20 years. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I can't remember the last time. The Golden Knights. The Golden. The Golden Knights don't even play again until Friday. They just played last night in that loss to the Bruins. So you know that you've got the All Star break coming up. You know you've got a pretty good break in time coming up. Yeah. You know you got the trade deadline coming up. So you don't want to just wait it out. I mean, I don't understand it. Maybe they thought it'd be too late. Who did Jarglant coach? I didn't watch the All Star game. Panthers. Oh, who did he coach? Yeah, the also he was supposed to be the Pacific coach for the All Star game. Yeah, he was. He was supposed to be the. <laughs> yeah. So what they do? I don't remember. <laughs> I did, I was at my fire right. hall installation dinner. I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it. The, he was supposed to coach Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they put Gretzky. Okay. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's right. I saw that Gretzky coached the team, but I wasn't sure if there was because I saw Brett Hulk coached one of the teams too. Yeah. I didn't know if they were just doing like former player coaches and then an actual coach, or. Well, I think they were doing, like, I remember, I think they were doing, they did, like, celebrity coaches and, like, right. or, like, celebrity captains, and then, like. Yeah, well, I didn't know what the what the plan was there. Okay. So, that was, that was dumb by the Golden Knights. Very dumb. Very, very dumb. Glad we could all agree. <sighs> all right, we can just skip this next topic. Yeah. Two more point. questions. I know John's got to go soon. He might have to leave in the next couple of minutes. He's got class, but we're still. Gonna what time do you have class? Eleven fifty. Ooh. Well, we took. We but it's with forty minutes. But it's with Higgins, so it's like if I walked in saying, "Hey, we were trying to finish up a podcast. I'm sorry, I'm late." He he won't care. Yeah. He'll probably be like, "Oh, nice. nice. Can I have a link?" <laughs> sure. Yeah. Legend. Welcome to our first listener, <laughs> Professor Dan Higgins. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> okay. Nashville it, Predators. Two, two, yeah, two, two teams right now that that I've got the question. Is it time to hit the panic button for about the National National Predators and Toronto Maple Leafs? One of them, I think the answer is yes. I think Nashville, yes. Yes. <clears throat> oh, where'd my thing go? Oh, there it is. Sorry, I, my computer went a little weird for a second. Um, the Well, the Predators have made a coaching change. The Predators have... 
Yeah, by the way, that's another dumb coaching change. Not the fact that they fired Laviolette. Well, it, did, it was dumb. I didn't think they should fire him. But you hired John Hines. <laughs> you hired John Hines? Yeah, Why? I, I, I don't. Um... I mean, look, I know that he's been in hot water lately, but, I mean, Mike Babcock was there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Guy Boucher was there. Um, oh, that hire was made over break, so we didn't talk about that on our last podcast. Oh. I asked you. I asked you guys. I thought, that we, I thought we did. Maybe no. we were talking. No, we talked about somebody else. Yeah, we. Well, we Sorry, there's about, been so many coaching fires this year that I we forgot. did talk about Heinz getting fired, but we didn't get him talk about okay. getting hired. Yeah, well, he's a bad coach. Yeah, the <laughs> devil. The devils are bad, and they have been, even before when he was there. I don't know why they decided to. I don't know. Not to go off on a complete tangent, but like I remember in the preseason when they were, everybody was hyping up the Devils, like, "Oh, this team's gonna be really good." They got Jack Hughes and everything. Yeah, they had a PK Subban and Wayne Simmons, and I they was got like, Jack Hughes. Well, and we they got Nikita Gusev. We thought they were gonna be good. good. They're good on paper. We had them. But we had them in a playoff we, spot. I didn't. I oh maybe I didn't. I, I, I thought we did. Duke did. Duke did. So then okay. I, got Duke's. I think I had the Rangers or and the or I don't remember who I had, but I, I had the Rangers too. Yeah. That I, turned out well. Well, I mean, thanks, Goose. As a Rangers fan, I mean, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. I was kind of hoping they didn't make the playoffs so they could develop all their young talent that they have. So, ne- like in you know, in a year or two, they can make a deep run or you know, become a really dominant team. But the Devils, everybody hyped them up. They're like, oh yeah, they're going to be really good. And I kept sitting there going. This team's overrated. They're not as good as everybody thinks they are. They look good on paper, but PK Subban is probably one of the most overrated defensemen in, in the NHL. And Wayne Simmons is, <coughs> eh. He's he hasn't toast. been as good. He, he hasn't toast. been as the good. Devils. The Devils also started the year with Taylor Hall, former MVP, and then traded him to the Coyotes because they were so bad. Yeah. I don't understand as a Devils as a team as a, with the Devils how with uh, first overall pick. With, with Hughes, with Hall, with Simmons, with Subban, with Gusev, you lose sure. as much. Yes. Yeah, he, How do you lose that many games? Well, one besides Corey Schneider, Schneider being stinks. terrible, yeah. But Mackenzie Blackwood's not a bad goalie. No. I, I mean, you, he definitely passes the eye test when you watch the games. Mm-hmm. But it's it tactically speaking, they give, they give up more odd man rushes than I've ever seen any team team give up in my life. Yeah, that's those are terrible. It's like you turn around and they got another odd man rush going back the other way. They gave up two shorthanded goals to the Senators the other night. That's bad. That's that's, that's after not, they fired John Hines. Not great. Nothing's gotten better since, but it was bad before. No, well that's what I'm saying. Like nothing has gotten better since for the Devils since they fired him. But now the Nashville Predators are have his problem. <coughs> And they they have the opposite problem. Their goaltender is good. Their defense are good. They're paying a lot of money for forwards who aren't producing. As of right now, the Nashville Predators' top scoring uh, player at a point per game is Roman Yossi. The next highest on the on the list at thirty three points, fifteen less is Philip Forsberg. Yeah, that's not a that's not a great year for him. Now Philip Forsberg's only making six million a year. So generally speaking, 
on a cap situation as far as production's concerned, he's on par with what he is making. That's fair. Uh, when we look at Roman Yossi, who's making four million a year this year, but will be making nine million the next several seasons after that because of his contract extension, uh, he's worth that money. However, Matt Duchesne's making eight million a year. And Matt Duchesne in 45 games has 32 points and is minus six. Yeah, you can't have that. I. That's not bad. No, but you, you but expect you more from more. them as a group. You expect more from them. Wasn't they had power play trouble for a long time? They're t- okay. I want you. Okay, so I gave away a couple of the names. Okay, Roman Yossi, Phil Forsberg, Matt Duchesne are your top three point producers. Yeah. Who are the next two on that list? For them. Um. That's a great question. Jeez, I, I feel like it's somebody that I'm not expecting, or maybe just somebody I'm just expecting. Who, 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 who would you think if you had to guess two players? Just look up their roster right now. That's that's what I'm gonna do, just so I can. Just to, who do you think? Is Arvidsson one of them? Oh, you'd think. Yikes! What about Ryan Johansson? Oh, you'd think. Oh, geez. What about Kyle Turris? <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> All right. Could it, it be Craig Smith? No. Could it be Mikhail Granlund? No. Is it Nick Benino? Yes. Is it Ryan Ellis? Yes. I was going to guess Ryan Ellis. He was my next one. What the heck? So two of your top five point getters are your first pairing defensively. Now, that's okay because they're very good defensemen. Yeah. And they're producing the way that they are being paid. But Philip Forsberg cannot be a minus two. Matt Duchesne can't be a minus six. Nick Benino can't be your fifth highest point getter on your team when you've got a team that's got Kelly Yarncroke, who, by the way, is sixth. Ryan Johansson is seventh. Where's Colton Sissons? Colton Sissons is, is below Mikhail Granlund, who's got 17 points on the oh year in 42 games. Uh, Golden Sisson's got 13 points in 37 games. Craig Smith has 21 points in 48 games. Victor Arvidsson's got 21 points in 36 games. By the way, Victor Arvidsson, Craig Smith, Kyle Turris, Mikhail Granlund, Colton Sissons, Austin Watson all have less points than Rocco Grimaldi. Why? Rocco Grimaldi's <laughs> making $1 million a year. Now, granted, Austin Watson's only making $1.5. And Kelly Yarncroke's making 2 But Victor Arvidsson's making $4.25 When you look up Rocco Grimaldi, his picture is not even him in a Predators uniform. It's probably him from uh, UND, isn't it? No, it's it's got a like a bull or a cow on the front of his uniform. It's gray. Oh, maybe it was when he was in San Antonio? Yeah. 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 No, that was when he was with uh, the San Antonio Rampage. So. Rocco Grimaldi, yeah. Um, so Victor Arvidsson's making $4.25 million a year. Craig Smith's making the same. Uh, Mikhail Granlund, who, by the way, you traded some assets to get. Uh, one being, uh, what was his name? 
on the wild. No, he's a pretty good player. I like him a lot. I'm losing him. Oh, he was well. He was traded from the the wild, obviously. Yeah. Um, he and went for Kevin Fiala. Yes, Kevin Fiala. You traded Kevin Fiala for Mikhail Granlin, who, by the way, is making five point seven five million a year. Kyle Turse is making six million a year. But most importantly, your seventh highest point getter, Ryan Johansson, is making eight. Can we just call a spade a spade for a second? And I'm not trying to make this about the Blue Jackets because I'm a Blue Jackets fan. What a disaster that trade was. Seth Jones straight up. One for one for Ryan Johansson. Yeah, that, that turned out to be terrible. He has been so underwhelming for them. Could I ask you a question? Yes. How many points does Granlin have this year again? Mikhail Granlin has 17 points in 42 games and is minus two. Kevin Fiala for Minnesota has 28 points in 45 games. What's his plus minus? No, no, I know the wild. He's a good, he's a two. He's plus two. Plus two. His plus minus is a two. That's a disaster. You can't have that. David Poyle is one of the better GMs in the National Hockey League. He's incredibly well respected. There's a reason he's been there for as long as he has. But in the last four years the Nashville Predators have stayed exactly the same franchise that they've been outside of one playoff run consistently in the playoffs might win a round but really they're are not, just they're not a gonna, good team Yeah, and you can't lose the Mikhail Granlin trade you can't lose the Kyle Turris trade you can't lose the Ryan Johansson trade. You traded away P.K. Subban, which was a good trade because you traded away that awful salary. You got a second-round pick out of it and two lower-end prospects who you don't even care about. You just wanted the cap space. But when you generate that cap space and you sign Matt Duchesne to that contract, sure, Matt Duchesne's having a better season than P.K. Subban by a mile. Yeah, You still have to have better production than that. Yeah. I right now the best contract that the Nashville Predators have right now is is outside of uh, Yossi being on par and Ellis being on par is ironically Nick Benino. Yeah. Which for a while looked like a terrible contract. But he's I, been phenomenal for them this I year. I don't know what a solution is. I don't know what a solution is. I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. You just need your players to play better. That's really what it comes down to. Do you know what's another funny thing that nobody's talking about with the National Predators? What's that? Their goaltending stinks. You, you you say that. Their goaltending stinks. And you're right, but it's, it's not it something wrong. you expect. Yeah, it, so, it sounds wrong. It sounds so, you you wouldn't expect it. You you have to take a double check. But when I see that Pecorine, who real quick, let me look this up. One is making five million a year. Which is actually not bad for for the caliber goal he is, but still five million a year is pretty expensive for a guy who's giving you two point nine eight goals against average and a save percentage of eight ninety seven. And by the way, you say Saros, who's one of the better goaltending prospects uh, over the last several years, uh, really hasn't improved as much as I thought he would because even though he's only making one point five million a year, uh, an eight a, a 
0.895 save percentage and a 313 goals against average ain't going to cut it either. No, it's not. The Nashville Predators, I want to point out also, are 16.8% successful on the power play. Well, it was just better than, what, the 12% that they put in last yeah. year? They are 24th in the National Hockey League. <coughs> they are... Let me get their penalty kill stats here. Still looking, still looking, still looking. They're 28th in the league in penalty kill percentage, 74%. They're tied with the Sabres, whose penalty kill is awful. Yeah. Oh, good. I got another email. You know, um, plus minus is a flawed stat. Yes, it is. But I do think it's telling in certain scenarios. It's flawed in games. It can be flawed in stretches. But I think when you look at a half season of work, it's really telling who's chipping in two ways and who isn't. Because when you're a team that's on the outside of the playoffs and has the goaltending that has been having this year, you'd surely expect Roman Yossi, who's on the ice most of the time. Right. You'd expect his plus minus to be average. Yeah. Because he's a defenseman. He's think on so. the ice 25. His plus minus is 21. By the way, Ryan Ellis is, is plus 15. Philip Forsberg is minus 2. Matt Duchesne's minus 6. Ryan Johansson's minus 5. Uh, Victor Arvidsson's only plus 1. Kyle Turvis is minus 4. Mikhail Granlin's minus 2. I feel like so, to counteract the plus 21, there has to be a minus 21 in there somewhere. There isn't. At least that's. But they do have not, a winning record. At least you're not Rasmus Ristolainen, who's a who's like a minus fifty. The worst plus minus on the Nashville Predators right now <laughs> is Matt Irwin at minus seven, and the second worst is Matt Duchesne. I don't know. Has Matt Duchesne's made has Matt Duchesne made the power play in Nashville better? Yes, but it didn't. It really only had one way to go because it was terrible last year. And still not really that fantastic. It's not that fantastic. Has he chipped in goals? Uh, kinda. He's only got ten on the year. He's got thirty-two points, which isn't bad, but not up to par. He should be better than this. And you can surely see that he's not putting in a two-way game when he's on your second line. You have a winning record. Your yeah. first pairing defensemen are plus 21 and plus 15. And you are the second worst plus minus on your team besides Matt Irwin, who's their seventh defenseman and doesn't play every night. That is awful. It's so bad that you fired your coach, I, who's one of the better coaches in the National Hockey League. Gee, I, I don't have an answer, man. I wish I did. I, I, th- th- I, let me tell you, are, are they in a better situation than the Sabres? Yes. Absolutely. But I, re- I don't really have an answer to this either. John Hines is not fixing this. David Poyle, who I think is a good general manager, needs to be held accountable for this. Because while the Ellis contract is good, 
while the Yossi contract is good, while the Forsberg contract is good, despite, you know, he's had a weird year. The Johansson trade was awful. Duchesne needs to play better. Arvidsson's not playing well, and you paid him a lot of money. Craig Smith, you're lucky that he's coming up at the end of the year. Kyle Turris is terrible. Mikhail Tr- Granlin was a bad trade. And your goaltending situation stinks. And like I said, this is a team that's been... The San Jose Sharks and the National Predators are pretty pretty similar. They're pretty damn similar. Because in the last 20 years, they've had the same GM who's done good jobs in both scenarios. But each team has only made the finals once. And they both lost in six games to Pittsburgh. They're the same freaking franchise. And they're both outside of the playoff picture right now. They're good. On paper, and in the last 20 years, they've been good. You can rely on them to make the playoffs. Maybe they'll hit the Western Conference Finals every once in a while. But both have had fluke runs to the finals where they didn't win because they're just not good enough. They're good franchises and good teams, but they haven't taken that next step. Everybody has expected them to. There's no reason that they shouldn't have been able to make that extra step, and they just haven't. I'm, I'm, I, all I can do is nod my head and agree. That's like, all I can do. I, it, it's it's frustrating because I, I want the Predators to be good. Yes. I think the league has benefited from that run because hockey in Nashville has been a success. Yeah, absolutely. Which is has. a good thing for this I league. absolutely think so. But I, I just can't believe with, with how bad this has been. It's it's really remarkable. There is only so many things you can do, and I think it just comes down. You just you just need your players to play better. I don't I don't know what else to even say. They because what trade can you make? No, yeah, you can't. We're gonna trade. Tur- Who's gonna take Kyle Turris right now? Right. Well, it's Sabres might. <laughs> I don't know if they will though, because of the contract. That's true. And six million a year. So if you're gonna take on Kyle Turris, it's probably gonna be Zach Bogosian going the other way. And that right now, that's not what the Predators need. Yeah. What's it? What, how are you going to improve your goaltending situation? Do you want to just trade Yusei Saros? Mm-mm. He's young. No, you just got to hope. That's that the guy better. you're expecting to take the net from Pecorini in a couple. Are you going to yeah. trade Pecorini, your franchise goalie? So how are you going to improve that? You just got to hope that it's better, man. You, I don't know that's what what, that's you. literally what they're doing. You fired a good coach, and you hired, for whatever reason, you hired John Hines, and now you're just hoping that it gets better. And I don't think it will. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know what else to do, to do at that point. One really team don't. that's got hope Yeesh. are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have been pedestrian lately after going on a pretty good run with uh, Sheldon Keefe as their new head coach. Who I believe in. I, th- I think Je- Sheldon Keefe's going to be a very good coach. He's done a nice job, yeah. I think his system works with this team. It, you know, you got a lot of talent. He, he, he's utilizing it well. William Nylander's had a great bounce back year. So uh, there's, there's lots of reasons to be positive on the Toronto Maple Leafs front 
despite the fact that they're outside of a playoff spot right now, simply because they're just two points out of it. I mean, Carolina is the second wildcard team, and Columbus is the first. Now, Carolina, I think, is a good team that's at times been exactly what I thought they'd be this year, and at right. times is underwhelmed. I'd expect that they're going to sneak in. But that other wild card spot, it's going to come down to Columbus, Philadelphia, and Toronto. And despite the fact that Columbus right now is two points ahead of the Flyers, you know, they're at 62 points, Flyers are at 60, and the Maple Leafs are at 59. Granted, the Blue Jays have a game at hand on both the uh, – yeah. they, they play one more game than the Flyers and the Maple Leafs. The most talented team, undoubtedly, it, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not even a question. I know Merzlikens has played well lately. Uh, I like Carter Hart, but if you're asking me, uh, the three goaltenders amongst those teams, I'm taking Freddie Anderson. Yeah. The Maple Leafs have the best forward group out of all those teams. Mm -hmm. That's true. You've got 32 games left, only 31 for the Blue Jackets remaining on the year. Plenty of time to make it up and and catch either of those teams. Yeah. So I'm I'm not too I'm not too concerned. And the other thing no. is it, it doesn't seem to me like the Maple Leafs are struggling to get their top guys to perform like the Predators have. Yeah, that would, would be agree. a major concern because right now Austin Matthews has fifty eight points. Yeah. That's good. Mitchell Marner has uh forty eight. And like I said, bounce back here, William Nylander's got forty five points. Yeah. That, that's really he did, had a tough year last year, and I think you're right. That's important for them. They didn't rely on guys like that. Also, Tavares has 41 points in the year, but granted, he has missed time. That's 41 points in 43 games, so he's still yeah. point so per game. They're, they're all point-per-game players, which is what you need. By the way, they're f- the fifth highest on their team uh, in points is Tyson Berry at 28. He was, a little, he was a disappointment at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He's playing well now. So Tyson Berry's playing well. Morgan Riley's playing well. Kasperi Kapanen is six on the team in points. Ilya Mikhaev's been a pretty good pickup for them. Uh, he's definitely shown them something. Kerfoot's been good depth. Zach Hyman's doing exactly what you expected him to. You've gotten 19 points from Jason Spezza, which is more than I expected. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, there, I don't really think there's any real reason for this team to freak out. Um, maybe if I were them, I would try and add another defenseman. I know that they are freaking out a little bit of the fact that they've lost Morgan Riley for some significant time. The good thing for them is Morgan Riley is expected to come back just around playoff time. So they make it, he'll be an improvement for them. Here's the other thing. Because he is hurt, they can put him on IR. They get the cap. Ah, so they could make a trade for a defenseman who's under six and a half million. Because I'm pretty sure that's what Morgan Riley's. That's around the, the number Morgan Riley's yeah, making. That's, close, that's about the, like. the uh, cap that you're going to have available. Yeah. You can make a trade to improve your defense for now, and by the time the playoffs start, you can just hold them out. You know, till the playoffs. There's no salary cap in playoffs, so you could keep that person you trade for on the team while also getting Morgan Riley back, which is a huge advantage for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely. Which is something I think that they should definitely explore. Yeah. (coughs) Before we kind of wrap up, I'm just going to read off the standings real quick. 
Washington leads the Metro. This is the Eastern wildcard standings. Washington leads the Eastern Conference uh, wildcard standings. They have 73 points. Pittsburgh has 67, and the Islanders have 63. That's the Metropolitan. Boston has 70 points. Tampa Bay has 63, and Florida has 61. Those are that's the Atlantic three-team leaders. The wild card right now, Columbus is in first in the wild, with the wild card with 62 points. Carolina has 61. Philadelphia has 60, and Toronto has 59. So Toronto's two points out of the wild card, like Jay mentioned. Uh, so they have to leapfrog Philadelphia, or yeah, and then uh, beat Carolina or Columbus, um, which I think Carolina, like Jay said, is the more likely one. Buffalo is next after Toronto. They have 51 points, so Toronto has a nice eight-point cushion on the Sabres. Um, so I'd imagine that pretty much that's that line right now that you can pretty much draw saying that Toronto's the last team that could really make the playoffs. Buffalo 51, Montreal 51, the Rangers have 50, Ottawa has 45, New Jersey has 43, and the Fl- the Red Wings, yikes, 28 points. Hey, the Red Wings are doing a terrific job of tanking. And what are the uh, – they're probably not even going to get the first overall pick. <laughs> probably going to get – I mean, hey, I mean, Quinn Byfield is it's a good consolation. Yeah, but – are they going to get third, second? What's their, you know, there's right, no guarantee. If they get second, they get byfield. Yeah. I highly doubt that they're going to get third or fourth. All right. Um, Western Conference, excuse me, whoo. <coughs> St. Louis has 70 points. Colorado, 62. And Dallas with 60. That's in the central. Pacific being led by my sleeper favorite, the Vancouver Canucks with 60 points. Uh, Calgary has 58 and Edmonton has 57. That's the Pacific standings. Wild card, Arizona and Vegas are tied with 57 as well. The Winnipeg Jets have 54. They're the first team out of a wild card spot. Chicago also has 54. Minnesota has 52. Nashville has 51. San Jose has 48. Anaheim, 43. And LA, the Kings have 41 points. They're bad. The Kings are bad. Stat leaders, Connor McDavid still leads the league in points with 76. Ilya Samsonov leads with the goals against average goaltenders with 2.06. Tristan Jari leads with a save percentage of .929. Um, Dave Pasternak, as it called him, Dave. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Why Dave? <laughs> Dave. Say, that's a- yeah. DP, Dave Pasternak, whatever, dude. Um, 37 goals. And Connor McDavid leads with 49 assists. John Carlson leaves all defensemen in points with 60. Cal McCarr leads all rookies in points with 37. Dominic Wagon. Kubalik from the Blackhawks has 21 points. And Quinn Hughes leads rookies in with 29 assists. Connor Hellebuck leads the goaltenders with shutouts with oh, four. real quick. Was he not my Vesna pick? Connor Hellebuck? He was. I think he might have been. Um... Does he got a good chance? I well, think he does. I mean, with the, the with with the what the Jets have in front of him, yeah, his stats now, and they his, might make the playoffs. His save percentage is not in the top ten. What is it? Um, Nine seventeen. Like I thought it was. His goals against average is also not in the top ten. Connor Hallibuck's stats are. He's got a goals against average of 274 and 917 is a save percentage. So not bad. Yeah, those aren't Vesna numbers, but they no. are pretty good. They are pretty good for the team that they have in front of him. Exactly. Um, then just real quick because I did want to do this as well. The 
<coughs> oh boy, now I, now my computer's being slow and I wanna What's get the topic? Out of here. Um Our Fantasy Hockey League, Jay. Standings. Uh I have taken the lead with two thousand five hundred and fifty six points. Jay is in second with 2,529 points, so he's right in there. Duke has fallen a little bit. He's got 2,411 points, and our joke team has 790 points. Yeah, I'm so, not going to lie. I haven't changed my roster. I have not. I am totally fine with just leaving them and seeing <coughs> how we do. However, Dougie Hamilton is on the IR, so maybe I will move him and take Sidney Crosby back off the IR. <laughs> got breaking news. What's that? The Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes have shown significant trading interest in Sharks defenseman Brendan Dillon. Huh. Riveting stuff. I am He's a pending UFA, so that'd be a good rental piece yeah. for either team. All right. I think we're good to go, man. Seems like we are. Thank good you episode. for listening to this long episode of the Over the Boards podcast. Make sure to check out our other podcasts and check out our Twitter account at Real Griffcast. Thank you to John Scusa for joining us today. He had to scoot and get to class. I'm sure we'll see more of him. Um, especially, I know I will be missing a week in the future, so he will be at, l- at the very least be here for me that week. Oh, actually, maybe he won't because we're going to start recording at a little bit of a later time. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see how that goes. Um, thank you, Jay. Thank you, um, everybody who's listening. Thank you to Professor Dan Higgins for being our first listener that I mentioned about half an hour ago. Um, yeah. Uh, can, hopefully everybody enjoyed the All-Star game, um, and we will see you next week. <coughs> Jay. Good night, Jim Kate.